Hey there, welcome to the 20th episode, wow, milestone, of Dominionated's 20 or 20 podcast. Thank you for listening. My name is Mackenzie Cameron. On today's episode, I am lucky to be joined by Calgary-based rapper Lyric, soon to be known as Eddie Pesos, as we will get into. Lyric's album, PIMP, Poetry Is My Pleasure, was one of Dominionated's favorite 50 albums of the year in 2020, so it was great to learn a bit more about Lyric and his life and his influences and much more. But first, let's hear a little bit of a track from PIMP. This is Lyric, aka Eddie Pesos, the track that hits home right now. This is Quarantine Flow. Uh, I say the data set a timeline to get my mind right, to get myself in a position, live a high life. I mean, my life's the God, it slows, but still I grind right. I'm trying to bury all my foes, my hate is hindsight. You see the pressure makes you fold, I mean the limelight. You see you blinded by the gold, I mean the gram likes. I started switching up the clothes to get the vibe right. I started switching up my flow, so now I rhyme tight. And see, I used to waste my paper on some shit I never needed till I learned to save a little. Now I got some room for breathing and my temper was a devil. Always caught with my emotion. Pray to God to change my secrets, make me wise in situation. Uh. Learn to chill and get the reading. Learn to write my daily blessings. Till I stress in situations. Till I need to learn my lessons. Till I got a lot of lessons. Till I got to be consistent. Turn my shit into fruition. Eh? Medicaid, Medicaid, meditate, meditate. Learn to breathe aloud to get the mental straight. Nah, Medicaid, Medicaid, meditate, meditate. Need to breathe aloud and get the paper straight. Nah, Medicaid, Medicaid, meditate, meditate. Learn to breathe aloud and get the mental straight. Nah, Medicaid, Medicaid, meditate, meditate. Need to be the Lyric, a.k.a. Eddie Pesos, welcome to 20 or 20. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, do this. I'll try to answer everything as best I can. And yeah, thanks again for the opportunity, man. You're welcome. We've gone back and forth a lot. I've been trying to have you on the show for what feels like months now, so it feels really good to, to uh, lock you in here. Uh, for anyone who has never listened to the show before, how this works is I have about 20 questions to ask, uh, exactly 20 questions to ask, actually. If I ask those 20 questions in less than 20 minutes, that's it. If I don't ask all those questions in 20 minutes, that's also it. Um, so we're going to get to know Lyric, a.k.a. Eddie Pesos, right now. Does that all sound good to you? Yeah, man. I'm ready for it. Excited. Okay, sick. <laughs> So I'm going to start my timer now, and I'm going to ask you my, my classic first question, which is, uh, where do you live, and why do you live there? I live in Calgary, Alberta. Um, why I live here? In all honesty, I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, this was the first place or destination where I got to uh, have family here, um, family that I don't really often see. I like to say the circle I have right now is fam my family right now is the close friends I've had throughout the years I've lived in Canada. But yeah, Calgary is a beautiful place and I'm, I'm thankful to be here. It's uh, There's a lot of room for growth. Not all growth is always spontaneous, but it's growth nonetheless. Uh, yeah. And for those who might uh, not know, where did you uh, move here from? Uh, originally, I was born and raised in Baguio City in the Philippines. It's a very small town in the Philippines. Um, it's not uh, all huts and all that. It's a, it's a city. It's a, How do I describe it would be, it's like Banff, Alberta is already a small town. So I think smaller than that. But still, like it's a, it's a very cool, chill place. It's actually the coldest part in the Philippines where right now my, um, my family there gets as much as 10 degrees Celsius. So 
yeah, uh, I originally grew up there, moved to Canada, Calgary, Alberta, Canada, particularly um, in 2014. And what was what was like the motivation for your move? Did you come to pursue music? No, not really. Um, music was just honestly, it's it's a hobby and was a passion. Um, rapping, not not necessarily rapping. Um, I was first an instrumentalist and still am. Um, I still dabble on instruments every now and then. My main instrument was the bass guitar. Um, studied bass for four years. Rapping was just I've always loved the urban arts culture and I've always loved um, looked up to rappers and artists. I think a uh, wordplay was just something that was very nice and easy to listen to besides some jazz and um, some uh, pro progressive music. But yeah, when I came here, what dr drove me to come here was just for greener pastures. Um, as you can imagine, the resources back home, um, the Philippines is a beautiful place. It's a beautiful island. There's some tropical scenery. There's even some mountainous scenery, like the place I came from. But um, unfortunately for livelihood-wise, um, it's hard to get, to get by and hard to even start up some savings. So, um, yeah, I just came here to better my life, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for Canada. I'm grateful how it's embraced me. I was a temporary foreign worker. I worked up to getting my Canadian residency and citizenship. So I'm thankful that I was embraced by this country that I call home now. Well, I want to ask you about um, the music side of things, but I do kind of want to touch on that because I, I do think I know this year there's been lots of news stories in Ontario specifically about temporary foreign workers uh, on farms and conditions being really poor and getting sick and, mm. and, and now not even being able to get home. I, I know you worked as uh, as a live-in nanny. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. Uh, and and I guess, I, I guess I'm curious, like, was that a was that a positive experience for you? Like, I, I can tell that you're you're glad to be here and, and you've, you've kind of integrated into the arts scene in Calgary, which is amazing. Um, but when you kind of look back on the experience of, of coming here and, and, I don't know, working in a place that you, you didn't really know much about, what was that like for you? In all honesty, like anything, it's, um, I, if you were to ask me this question, I'd say two, three years ago, I would say it was all negative. I'd focus on the negative, but it's like everything, man. And honestly, I'd like to answer it as like, it's it's a mix of good and bad. There's a lot of challenging times being, um, I didn't really have any friends. I didn't have any family. I didn't have a support system, um, but I was able to develop it. Um, and there were some tri very trialing times, um, a lot of lows, but at the same time, there's a lot of things to be grateful for. Um, it just really showed me that up till today, I'm coming into my seventh year in Canada this year. And I've, I was able to have a solid circle where there's people that people come and go. That's just the inevitable. Um, but I'm glad for those that really stayed. Um, this place really showed me the people I need in my life, which I never had that structure even back home in the Philippines. Um, it's, it's trialing for sure, um, having that distance and having that discipline. But all in all, I think in that point when I was a living nanny, I was very much isolated. Um, I didn't I didn't go out with friends because I never really had the effort to make friends. Um, and all my thoughts were like music working, music working. My goal was just like to work for my to, to get to the status I have right now, which is not a temporary foreign worker anymore. But music was just a secondary thing. It just helped me get by. Um, it was something that I did on my free time when I was working to help me get by through those trialing times. 
But yeah, if I were to say that if I learned something from the experience, I learned a lot and I'm grateful for a lot. And if I think about the bad things I've gone through, I'm just also grateful for that because it shows strength and development for me. And yeah. And you talked about kind of like your your chosen family that you have now in in right. Calgary. Was were those friends and and that kind of network? Uh, did you find them through music? Is that kind of how you built your community? Yeah, honestly, one of my main people in my support system was a former boss of mine. One of my employers when I was in the living any situation, really great guy. And I'm so grateful to still call him like family right now. Um, he's Canadian and he was he's not Filipino. He's Canadian. He was born and raised in Edmonton, Alberta, but lives in Calgary. And I'm very grateful for that guy. Um, but most of my current support system, I still I, I have a small circle. And I like to keep it that way at most times. I'm, I'm friendly with people, but my support system, I say, is a very intact group of people who I was able to meet through the art scene and the music scene. So, yeah, that was my best immersion in just coming across people like that here. Um, currently in Canada, I can think of like a handful of, of artists um, who are either from the Philippines or of, of Filipino heritage who are kind of like really growing in, in stature. I'm thinking like Kimordal. Uh, in Vancouver, yeah. Pantayo here in Toronto. Um, growing up in the Philippines, like, were you exposed to a ton of music? Like, is is music a major part of the culture in the Philippines? Yeah, um, honestly, it's a, it's a sometimes somewhat an inside joke. Sometimes where it's like any Filipino you know knows how to play basketball, knows how to sing through karaoke or whatever, knows how to play an <laughs> instrument. Um, it's just like because our culture is very much like. A mix of Polynesian and Spanish people and I think that's also a very big part of their culture a lot of Filipinos back home there's a the, the scene now has grown so much compared to when I was there um, it's grown like twice as much now than when I was there um, but yeah to immerse myself with artists here I didn't really hear much of Canadian Filipino artists as, as opposed to Deep Pride who goes by Russell now from Toronto um, cause he started out as a YouTuber and then I followed a bunch of Filipino rappers who were in California making names from the, for themselves. And I just had this like idea at the back of my head, it's like, Hmm, maybe one day when I, when, when all the dust is settled from all the drama that I have to go through, I could be that guy. And, uh, I, I'm kind of slowly doing it. I'd like to say, but yeah, it's all respect, especially Kimordal. When I was slowly, um, researching Filipino artists here, she was one of the top that showed up. Kim, I have a lot of respect for that artist and yeah Kim is just amazing her drive is amazing and I'm glad that she's also one who always represents and yeah Baby, the love of the underdogs on top and I'm gonna shine homie until my heart stop go ahead envy me I'm Raps MVP and I ain't going nowhere so you can get to know me Baby, the love of the underdogs on top and I'm gonna shine homie until my heart stop go ahead envy me I'm Raps MVP and I ain't going nowhere so you can get to know me I, I, so most rappers that I have on the show, I ask basically exactly this question because I think it, I, I always find the answer pretty interesting. Mm. I want to know when did you fall in love with rap and when did you fall in love with rapping? I think I fell in love with rap and rapping. Um, I had the interest at a young age, but I think really falling in love and like really wanting to like do it was when I was 13 when I was 13, I remember my dad getting me CDs back in the Philippines were expensive, as you could imagine. Like here, how much are they? Like 
sometimes it's even like 20 bucks. Is it worth it to convert that in Philippine pesos? It costs, it costs like hundreds of dollars. Like it almost costs oh hundreds of pesos. Sorry. Yeah. Almost one is probably like 300 to 500 pesos. And you could eat um, half a week or a week with that sometimes. Um, but when I was younger, I was blessed that when I was growing up, we were, I would like to say I was rich. Um, I, I've experienced both lifestyles with, with my family a life of lavish and a life of poverty. Um, but growing up, when I was 13, my dad got me a CD, my, one of my first CDs, which was uh, the documentary by The Game. And I remember when he dropped us off at school, I would listen to that CD from the morning until the end of school. And then that's when I would like slowly like pretend that I would rap and I would rap along to every lyric of that song. And yeah, I think that's when I really fell in love with rapping. I'm not going to go and say cliche where it's like, oh, I've, I've loved rapping since Tupac and Biggie. I think I used <laughs> okay. to say that. Honestly, I'm just going to call myself out. I used to say that and lie about stuff like that where, oh, I loved rapping since Biggie and Tupac. But I want to be honest with myself. And it was like, I wasn't in the Biggie Tupac era. I was in that the game G-Unit 50 Cent era. Yep. So 50 Cent <laughs> in the game really, really helped, was a big part of me in falling in love with rap. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can think back to like watching much music here in Canada, which was like the music station mm-hmm. on TV. And like, honestly, into club, that video probably play, played on on much music, like, I don't know, mm-hmm. 10, 20 times every day. Like, <laughs> you couldn't escape yeah. it. Um, I'm actually curious about that, because when I le- listen to your record, uh, your debut mm-hmm. full length record, PIMP, Poetry is My mm-hmm. Pleasure. I hear um, I hear a lot of Kendrick in your flow and your tone, and I hear a lot of kind of that era of production and and in your both your and in your production choices, but then also your hooks. Like I'm thinking like Neptune's, Timbaland, yeah. like that whole era. And what I find interesting about that is like I'm not really sure those are the most popular styles of hip hop these days. Like it's not listening to your record. I was like, I was I was I was feeling like I was being taken back to that time. What and what what draws you to that sound? What do you like about that sound? It's so what for me when I hear it, I'm like, this is so much fun. (laughs) Thank you. No, I really appreciate that. And thank you for enjoying it. Um, Honestly, that's the first time someone said that to me. And that's how I kind of want to envision it. Um, I've I've gone with the trends and some of my releases where I tried to go with a very clubby, trappy sound, but and honestly, that's that's not me. I think the the hardest one of the hardest challenges I had to face being an artist is okay, who who are you? And I think with this album, I was at least able to answer that. I don't want to say I was able to answer it with a full period or exclamation point. It's not an exclamation point, but I know who I am. I like to answer it with a period, but I'm getting to like this year. I want to get to like okay, this is who I am with the exclamation point. Um, I don't know. Um, one of my very first songs here was a song I wrote in 2016, 2017. Um, it was called Escape, and it's a song I wrote after I got my nanny. Like my 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 papers were getting run. I finished a stage in my life. I escaped it. Um, I've always been a fan of J Cole and Kendrick, and I I think they're that listening to them also made me love um, appreciate Outkast more because when I was younger, I would like listen to Stankonia, but I never really had an appreciation for it. I always really thought, and no disrespect to these artists, I always really thought that all oh, Game and Fifty Cent are like heavier than Outkast. But when I really internalized it more as an adult, I'm like, no, actually Outkast kind of made those guys too. And listening to Kendrick more, I'm like, I had more of a respect for Andre 3000. And um, listening to also Snoop Dogg's Rhythm and Gangsta, 
that that was an album back in 2004, 2005. I also had that CD. That's one of the CDs besides the documentary that made me want to be a rapper. Does that have Drop It Like It's Hot on it? Yeah. yeah. And that's how I fell in love with Pharrell. Yeah. I didn't know what Pharrell before, before that. But then when I heard Rhythm and Gangsta, I was like, okay, let me research more on Pharrell. And I fell in love. I instantly fell in love with Pharrell, with like how original he is, how he's not trying to be someone else. And yeah, I think just um, with making this album, it just really made me not want to force it. Like I want it to be good or as best I can make it, but I didn't want to be sounding like everyone else. I was just going to be releasing it and like, hey, if it doesn't end up in a playlist, someone's bound to listen to it one way or another. May not be this year, but maybe five years from now. Who knows, right? Music is always like fashion. Sometimes sounds get recycled and people think it's the hottest trend when it's been around for 10, eight years. But yeah, I think beats have always been very into how instrumentation was being a bassist myself and an uh, instrumentalist myself. And I've always admired how game reached out to also producers like Timbaland to Kanye West. Yeah. I've always liked those sounds. That's how the beat selection came about. And Andre and Kendrick just seem to like match my very nasally tone. So yeah. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, you recorded all of this under, uh, well, we were under lockdown for COVID. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I started after when the restrictions eased up. So when they were restrictions, um, when everyone was in lockdown and everyone went, couldn't go out, I was just like, okay, I'm just going to take this time to probably connect to whoever producer I can buy their beats. Um, write it, record stuff off my phone. And then when restrictions were loosening up and we could slowly start uh, seeing people, um, I hit up DJ Roxwell, who was a guy who's been recording me since 2018. And yeah, we just um, set up a bunch of um, recordings back to back to back almost every single day. I was still working from home online, luckily. So every time I'd clock out, I'd be like, hey, I'm out, I'm on my way. And yeah, we just did it as quick as we can because we never know that when another lockdown was going to happen or restrictions were going to tighten up. So we did it as quick as we can and we were a month ahead of schedule. So yeah, time was uh, time was on my side, luckily. I'm curious because, you know, you talk about guys like Kendrick and Cole. I, I mean, what I, what, I, what I think when I hear your record, like, you know, we're living through kind of a crazy time. It's a dark mm-hmm. time. You, you were kind of working through this all during these, this, I don't know, I know how I was feeling during the t- during the first like few months of the pandemic. I was anxious. I was stressed out. But what I find in your record is that you always kind of have this. You have a positive outlook um, that I think you make a point of expressing. Um, is that an important thing for you to do? Lately, yes. Um, I've been in a very... Um negative mindset like we go through those spurts in the last couple of years I've approached things in a very not wise light and I think with the process of this album besides just making making the songs I also like worked on myself slowly as a person and I'm still carrying it over till today and yeah it's just um I was influenced by literature with it too like referencing um, li- reading Stephen King stories like as dark as they may seem there's always something to be picked up from that in the reference to the real world as fictional as his novels may seem and also reading like self-help books like Eckhart Tolle's books like that secret law of attraction 
Yeah, a lot of like, um, a lot of rappers don't really realize that OG is like, say, Dr. Dre. He talks about it a lot, the law of attraction. And I just wanted to implement that that with my songs, where it's like it's it's easy to, I mean, all respects to other rappers and musicians, but making a feel good club song is still hard. But a lot of people are doing that. Well, making something that really resonates is something that I think is timeless. That's all I want it to be, timeless, because I still even look at Friday Night Lights by J. Cole or Section 80 by Kendrick or even uh, Aquamanai by Outkast. And even the documentary, looking at that, he always had, he was a, these people were a product of their environment. So they were just basically telling what their environment was, but they're also showing how they came about with that. Like they're just storytelling. Like Cole always said in Friday Night Lights, he always wanted to be a basketball player, but he didn't know what he wanted to be. And I was like, pimp. Pimping is uh, turning something into nothing. But what is pimp to me? I just, I'm not a pimp. I don't have like two, three girlfriends or a bunch of like <laughs> other ladies lined up. Um, but I was just like turning something into nothing and poetry is my pleasure. So I just wanted to make something timeless. And I'm glad that uh, people like you enjoy it and whoever listens to it enjoys it. And I just want to continue that trend, if not improve it. Feel the pressure, I let it wait a minute. Take a minute, then I'ma break a second I've been so high up on my own I've been so down, I guess I'm low Picture me rolling on a high life Pick your opponent, then you fight right Live in the moment for its hindsight Love if you wanna pick the right type, right type Back in my zone, I got my mind right Stuck on my phone, you know my eyes dry Roll up a Mary, know the job life as you said, like when you when you were making this, you didn't want it to be a period at the end of the sentence, right? Like this is this is the first sentence in like what I assume will be many more sentences to come from you. Um, what's next for you? Like I, I at the beginning of the show, obviously I intro- introduced you as lyric, but also as Eddie Peso. So I'm, I'm what I if I understand correctly, you're change you're going to change your name. What, yeah. is, what is the thinking behind that and, and what is that going to lead to musically? Honestly, Lyric, I, I was always terrible with rap names. Like I remember the first time I got my hands on the game CD and Snoop Dogg's Rhythm and Gangster back in 2004, 2005. I had this like one fancy guest notebook my grandma got me and I was like trying to write names like Equator or something. like that. <laughs> And I was always terrible with, with names. Um, Lyric just came about with a um, I was at a point when I was younger where whatever I thought I thought was the right thing without even second I have really thinking about it and lyric was just that like it was it came about when logic was popping up guys like logic was popping. It's like oh logic lyric. so it was an easy choice for me but unfortunately sometimes I get diff- difficulty in people pronouncing it and that's okay it's my responsibility to actually <laughs> say how it's pronounced but then I think Eddie Pesos is like closer to who I am. Like if you see, look at Jermaine, J. Cole, Jermaine Cole, um, even Andre, Andre 3000, Andre Ben, like Andre Benjamin, even Dre. It's like all these rappers who I admire their names are close to who they really are as a person. And moving forward, I want my music to also embody who I am and who I'm not or who I, who I want, who, I try, who I'm trying to be. I want my music to say who I want to be because whoever I want to be, that energy could inspire someone else listening to it and, guide them to who also they want to be i want to be an inspiration and eddie pesos is like it's closer to home because eddie it's my real name uh as for pesos 
it just sounded very catchy and also it means uh, it attaches to my filipino culture um i stand corrected with this like um the other uh, like other things but uh a lot of people i think when they hear pesos they think of mexico right away but the philippines is also a spanish colony and was a spanish colony and our currency is pesos so yeah it just it just sounds very catchy and um i just feel more free with it i love lyric and i'll always be lyric but um i think that time whatever i learned from that i'll still carry over and evolve it to an edipeso standpoint so my my last question that i always ask uh, people to kind of take us out is i get um artists to recommend another artist from Canada from if if you want from Calgary whatever who that everyone should be checking out and uh and giving some attention to for sure I could name like I'll name my top five just to be fair all right keep it keep it tight if anyone will you know what I'll go top 10 and if I forgot to mention anyone out of this there's no disrespect I got love for everyone (laughs) and you know that's the only thing to hear that that's the city's too young some people are still on their feelings but it's okay I was there too I understand it but my top ten would be arts wise um, from Calgary by way of Edmonds um, by way of Edmonton originally from Toronto K Riz K Riz from the Honorable Music Collective um, I would also name Dally Dally Soul he goes by Dally Soul he's originally from Calgary he's now in Vancouver I would say Nate Lesko from Calgary I would say uh, DJ Roxwell. DJ Roxwell is besides a producer. He's an artist as well, and he's dropping his beat tape and called DJ Roxwell on that. I also mentioned my uh, beautiful friend who's also an amazing singer called Kaya Alo. Um, yeah, her songs are like crazy. No promo, reaching up to almost 100,000 streams. Wow. Um, I like to say from Winnipeg, my f- friends and family in Winnipeg, New Picasso or Andrew Diado, dope producer and in sound engineer. Um, Dill the Giant, who is also on the album as well. Um, a really close friend of mine, Black Wednesday. Like, he's slowly getting back into music. Another good friend of mine, uh, Prophet. And the two, the last two would probably be a tie, would be AYE and Sincere they, from Calgary. They've been at it for now, um, for a t- minute now, and I love the consistency. It's inspiring. Um, even before I, I reached the success I have right now, they've been at it in this game and I've seen nothing but respect from them. I've never got that OG attitude from them that most scenes have. And yeah, I'm really grateful for those guys. That's a great list that you just uh, kind of rounded off there. I am familiar with K-Riz. I really like his new record. He's got an amazing story. I'm probably going to... K-Riz, if you're listening, I'm going to reach out to you. Um, you. <laughs> um, but I can't wait to, to check out all that stuff, and I appreciate you sh- spreading the love. That seems to be your thing. You love to spread the love. So I, uh, I'm i very into that. Eddie Pesos, thank you for taking the time to be on the show, and uh, I wish you all the best. No, thank you, man. Appreciate your time, man. Thank you for having me. Twenty or Twenty is brought to you by Dominionated, Canada's best Canadian-only music website, in my opinion. To discover your next favorite Canadian artist, follow us at Dominionated on all the social platforms. Visit the site dominionated.ca and please tell your friends to do the same. 
Our theme song and original music is by my friend Taylor Barrow. You can follow him at a really slow runner on Instagram. No vowels in that other than the A. The show is produced by me, Mackenzie Cameron. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Mackenzie Cameron. No vowels in Cameron. Please like and subscribe and rate on whatever your preferred podcast platform is. Email me, Mac at Dominionated, with questions, comments, concerns. Tell your friends about the show. Do your part. I would really appreciate it. Thanks to Lyric for being on the show. Next week will be an episode that is not like any of the ones that have come before. Up until now, I've been able to keep all the interviews pretty well on track, but I failed with this one. Uh, and I actually think that's okay. Jay Blissett is on the program next week. He just released an album called All Things Considered. Rock music was a mistake, and it's great. So yes, tune in for a big episode about music and modern life, uh, but mostly pop punk next week. Until then, be well. Peace. Peace.